0: Right, there we go. Welcome, welcome to, the, to the Welcome to the Lang Show. We're here today, my guest, Garrett Light. Garrett, we already talked about this a little bit while we were playing golf because you love golf. I do. But what do you love the most? I mean, your your
1: your job. We'll yeah. start there. Okay. How do you define yourself? Um, well, I'm an eyewear designer. Um, I guess that's how I'm defined as an eyewear designer. In reality, that's funny because I don't do a lot of designing. I actually have a design team and that was really my dad's thing. He was a he still is a great eyewear designer. Um, and your dad's name is not Oliver Peoples. No, his name's Larry Light and he founded Oliver Peoples. Um, but I personally I'm involved in the design, but I'm more marketing and business and run and run an eyewear business, a, a global eyewear business. Um, right. Yeah. That's how I define myself.
0: And I mean, you kind of shrug it off. You 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 don't seem to make a big deal out of it. I mean, I guess you can do that, but I mean, you know, it's a pretty big deal.
1: Like yeah, how many how many other
0: eyewear companies are out there that are doing stuff that's as cool as what you're doing?
1: I mean that that's what I shrug off. It's hard. I maybe it's like a humble thing or something. Like I, as cool as what I'm doing, you know. Like I, people are doing cool stuff out there. I think, um, yeah. But maybe I shouldn't shrug it off. We've accomplished a great thing. We've built a brand in nine years, and we have seventy employees worldwide and a thousand accounts and our own retail stores. So it, you know, it is an amazing thing that we've accomplished and done. Is I, I I'd have to be. I would never. It's like I would. never I say this sometimes. I would never be crazy enough to do it again. Like, I think about what I did 10 years ago, and I was traveling the world with a suitcase on a train, and, like, I had so much energy. And it's just now, fast forward, it's like, we did it. We're here. Um, so it's a great accomplishment, and it's because we're doing cool shit, obviously. You wouldn't do it again. That's, that's like, that's interesting to hear because you're such a
0: great success story. How do you... I would do it differently. What is it? What would you do differently?
1: Um, well, it's out of context, right? Like, if I had... At the time, I had... Um, less resources now. It's like of nine years. If I was making an, doing an eyewear company again, um, I would have people would know me, right? But assuming they didn't, right? And I had and somehow knew what I had to go through. I don't know that I could do it again. Just the like, the so many people like. Saying no and putting, you know, like saying he's not going to, he's just like overcome. It's just, it's it's a battle. And I I would be on the road sometimes for like 40 days in a row, which you probably know about a little bit. And it just, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting.
0: And basically you're, you're getting a lot of no's. And how do you keep going?
1: Um, I just, a will to win, you know, I just, I, like, I, I think for me, the reason I wanted to start a company and be successful is because my father was, and I wanted to prove that I could do something outside of his shadow, shadow maybe wasn't there, but I perceived it right. and I worked at his company and I left it because I felt like people judged me, you know, you know, based on the fact that, oh, he's the owner's son. And, and I just, my mind was too insecure with all that. And I wanted to prove that you know, I had my own good ideas and I could launch my own business and be successful. And, you know, it's not in spite of my dad, but (laughs) that's not what you would say. But yeah, even though I had that and for better or worse, or whether people realize it or not, like, you know, he had started all over people's more than 20 years ago. So he didn't have, I didn't, it's not like I just had the connections. He, he wasn't, he was just designing at this point Like we used a different factory. He didn't know the buyers at Barney's. I had to seek them out. My whole goal was I wanted to launch this brand. And if we, and if Colette, which was a store in Paris, that's no longer there was the most important store in the world. I was like, I'm not shipping anybody until they buy. And they're like the most arrogant people. They're impossible to sell to. I flew to Paris three times and they like for for stuff for shows and every time i tried to get knock on their door and i sent them emails and finally we got a feature in style.com and i sent it to the to the lady her name is sarah and she's like oh this is great can i see it and i bought a ticket the next day flew to paris. this is the shit i wouldn't do again you see what i'm saying really and and i flew to paris next day Went in, and she bought the collection. I was like, okay, we're good to go. Because somebody told me, they go, if you get into Colette, you'll get it anywhere in the world. Whoa. And it basically, was it's the truth.
0: That's so cool. And you just recognize the importance of, like, that was your opportunity, and that's what you seized when you had it.
1: I just took that advice to the next level. Like, I really took that literally. And I and I, and I think that at the time, if there was a Colette today, I don't know, but at the time, it was true. I mean, if you could get in there... The right people would see it, and if they bought it and they did well and reordered, everybody else would want it.
0: Too. Well, this was also nine years ago or whenever it was, which yeah. is no Instagram, no Instagram, uh, kind, I of, kind of kind of different world, you know, like like news didn't spread in the same way it did. Influencers didn't mean anything. Uh, you didn't you know, there was no hash- hashtag sponsored
1: post. I consider I'm lucky in that way. I consider myself and this is not my phrase. I saw it on a co- comedy show, but like an elder millennial. <laughs> and because I, I technically I am a millennial because I'm born in nineteen eighty four. But that's like the cut around the cusp, yeah. And I, in today, it's much different than it was nine years ago. Like, you could still do it traditionally. I yeah. did it traditionally. I have a wholesale business, right? You know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah, I, now I, the
0: only thing you can start is direct to consumer.
1: I mean, you could do wholesale, but it's like a whole new thing of like you, ha- like the investment for influencers and all that. You know, there was only celebrity back then, there was no influencers. They were the influencers, the celebrities. Right, right? Now there's tears. Yeah. yeah. It, we're influencers. You know, like Supposedly. It's like in some, yeah. in some Supposedly. way. Which is ridiculous. It's you know? kind of absurd. It's absurd. Um, But, yeah.
0: But what's interesting is actually, if we can dig into that for a second, you know, the idea that we are influencers, like, well, first of all, I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if I like the word. I, I try to think of myself as more as a journalist. But in some sense, I think that whoever says that, they're probably not wrong because... What it seems like people are craving now is, you know, would they want a smaller experience? Yeah. Right. So, so me with my little 30,000 follower account uh, making a couple YouTube videos here and there, like it almost feels like they're going to the pub down the street and seeing a friend's band.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that doesn't exist really out there in the world because otherwise it's just the millions and millions of the rocks and everyone else. And it,
1: it's relatively impersonal. Definitely, and I think this—I think the secret's out. Like, everybody knows the Rock gets paid to wear things. You know, everybody knows that celebrities get shit for free. That, Wait, the, the Rock does? I—I I know he
0: does the Under Armour thing, but I, I'm sure. Do you, th- do you think the Rock gets paid by Netflix when he does the sushi meal cheat train?
1: <laughs> Maybe. I think he does. Yeah, that's the thing. Do you think
0: he gets money from Netflix? And,
1: and we don't get paid to wear things. I don't. Right. So that's I more don't. influential. You're a journalist with the ability to influence an audience to like things. I actually was hit up recently for the first time and offered to wear some shoes that I had, like, the shoes anyways already for for money and post it and it was I found it I asked which Instagram they wanted it on like 100,000 one or my 6,000 They said the 6,000 one interesting and I said okay that's great I, I was like I totally agree with you actually that's a much better one they're like yeah well we sell to kids and you're a dad and we sell to parents too so we think that your personal one has a more of a family following and I'm like it, yeah you're, you're right yeah, that's like, so that's like the micro-influencer market. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I'm an eyewear guy who can influence people to buy something. I don't know. Right. If I don't, I'm not an influencer.
0: Well, what's cool about what I would say is, you know, we're sitting here now. You're wearing a tie-dye. Is that a tank top? <laughs> no, it's a shirt. It's a t- it's a tie dye T shirt with a with a low neck. Very you got a, low neck. A blue denim vintage, uh, o- like button down kind of cowboy shirt. It's a Levi's pearl uh, Levi's with a pearl pearl ish, mm-hmm. and then you know like khaki pants and you know but but you dr- drop crotch pants. You're stylish, um, but you know but the crazy thing is Garrett is um, you play golf, which which doesn't add up.
1: Really, That's I mean, so it's, sad.
0: It shouldn't. It should, I don't know whether which one it is, but when you tell people you play golf at a party, how often are they surprised?
1: I, that's not even the first, like, the first thing is just like, really? like Really? What do you mean? You and all the other white rich guys out there? <laughs> do you, you know the George Carlin joke, right? No. Wow, I shouldn't even have brought that up because I won't articulate it perfect, perfectly, but he has a... A line about how they should uh, build housing on golf courses because golf is just rich white men who get together who use the game to carve up this country a little finer, something like that. <laughs> and it hurts because it's, it's so funny. it's true. It might, it's mostly true. It is sad. But not us. Not it, here. It's sad that a lot of comedians hate golf. They really. It's easy to rail on. It's so easy.
0: And so that's what I'm saying. Is like you have great style. Like you have great that's style. Me. You you have style that scares me. No. Like I, your, your socks are vintage Patagonia socks, I'm noticing right now. And, you know, but I mean, so being being that way, do you struggle with the cultural identification of
1: being a golfer? No. I just don't give a fuck what people think about me, really. You don't care? Yeah, my brain just doesn't go there. But I do understand that at my style, like, in some settings, it's not, maybe not intimidates, but, like, makes people be, like, a little, like, oh, whoa, that scares me. Right. I think I wore something recently at Bel Air, and they, like, you know, kind of scared them.
0: Yeah, they are not ready for it. But, I mean, hey, if you follow the rules, right? Belt loops, belt. I
1: had belt loops and I a collared shirt on and there was nothing but a hat. Well, I mean, but you,
0: how have you found that in your career, um, being normal or nor not being normal, has that, what, what what has that taught you or helped you along I'm the way?
1: burning up. It's a little head. hot in here. Yeah, hang on a second. Hang, hang on
0: one second. Uh, so they, we, uh, the, the, uh, the car is what we're in. That's the mobile podcast studio. Yeah. Once again, we played some golf and Garrett got too hot. I, I was getting hot too. I was just like, I'm going to hold on.
1: I was like too, but You're, I'm just a big... Yeah, I'm from LA. but yeah, I, uh, can't, I can't do that type of stuff.
0: The question that had been posed to you was being different. How yeah. has that helped or hurt your career?
1: I think it helps. I think... Um, I think, well, I mean, I, I'm confident in saying it because people have reached out to me in the last nine years over Instagram or in person and just like today when those guys were like, I love your shit, Eric, you know, like, that's happened to me. People have been like, I I love every, you know, like over Instagram, they're like, you're such an inspiration, I love the way you dress, I love the music because, you know, I think a lot of popular designers now, like they're missing something you know their musical taste or style or something so when someone compliments you and basically says you're firing on all cylinders you know I mean it just encourages you to keep doing what you're doing and not be cha- not change what feels natural to you so the way I dress the way I act the things I do has always just come natural to me and people have applauded it around along the road and I just stay the course of being me and that just happens to be someone who maybe is a little more outgoing with the with the things that they wear but and I've learned. I've made mistakes along the way going a little too over the top. But, um, yeah, I think it's helped me. It's helped me be an, a unique individual in that way. And some people call it peacocking, you know? Do you know what that is? It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel that way to me. No, it's not, though.
0: I, but I didn't realize Colette is closed.
1: They closed in uh, December of two thousand sixteen, maybe.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It was this really cool store. It was kind of like the uh, 17, the uh, 17. Fr- it, it was like a it was like a design store, kind of, but that it had clothes and all sorts of well, knickknacks. I
1: mean, they had you know hundred thousand dollar Odomeyer watches and Rolexes and you know bejeweled iPhone cases to twenty dollar t shirts. You know they were like the you know the quintessential cur- curator of all things fashion and. Why do you think they, why did they close? Just business or just time? I mean, that's a deep, I I have a, I'm a very opinionated person. I have a, actually a deep opinion on why they closed. I'm dying to know. it could be so wrong. Okay. But it just, okay, so Colette is like, you don't talk bad about, like they are, and they, you shouldn't. I mean, they, they, I think, I once heard that they do like, they've done, I don't even know what the number is, but they did like 3 million a day there. You know, on their biggest day. so they're obviously incredible, but there was, th- th- it was founded by the mom okay, and then her daughter started running it the last 10 years, at least when I was around and the mom was really behind the scenes and, and, and all I know is I read a story when it closed and it was from the mother, her name's Colette and her daughter's name is Sarah. And it just said, we have to close the store cause I think she's getting older, um, because I can't be involved and without me involved, this can never truly be Colette. Which is such a dig on her daughter who was basically Dang. running it. It's saying, I'm the only one that can do this.
0: Well, and you know, this you could probably relate to this experience with a relationship with your father.
1: Right. I mean, luckily I built my, like, my, it's a separate company. He still sure. worked for other people's at the time, so I was who were forced to do so and he sold it and they were public. Okay. So, the, the beauty of what she said is she didn't, she had many off, well, this is what I love about it because it's punk rock. She said, "Fuck it, I'm not selling. I'm not. Colette is done because I can't run it anymore, and nobody can do it like me. And I'm not selling it to some people. You know what I mean? To carry it on and just that is punk rock, and I love it. It's like an art form. I mean, that's rad. Yeah, you you know. But, but at the same time, I think there's a little bit of uh, you know maybe some Frenchness going on there.
0: There's a lot of Frenchness (laughs) over there in France. How do you see? um, You know, because ultimately, would you say how much of your job is like sales?"
1: So much now, I think, I mean, I'm, for better or worse, it's hard to never not be. I mean, like selling right now in a way, you know, yeah, sure. the, you know the idea of me and supporting me and my brand and the things that we do. Um, so, and that really comes naturally to the lights. You know, my mom, my dad, it's <laughs> like, we're all just, I mean, just, it's not, we're not even, tr- I don't think we're, I'm not trying. It just, anyways, I'll stop there. No, um, but I'm
0: curious. I mean, I mean, what have you learned about sales? What's important to know?
1: Okay, are you talking about like to a consumer in a retail store? It's so different. It could be to a, you know whether you're selling it to a wholesaler. If I'm se- I haven't mastered the art of selling the investors. I think if that, that makes sense. There's literally it's a different whole different thing. Right. Well, I guess I mean
0: less business wise and more like uh, the philosophy of sales, like the idea of you have a uh, a product, whether it's material, conceptual, whatever it is, and you want to have someone else understand and accept and want to be involved.
1: I mean, so first of all, you need to be. There needs to be a genuine passion coming from everybody involved with that product. If we're talking about products, Um, you know, the thing about us, and we've always, you know, educated our staff to really understand what we do, why we do it, the materials, and the work that goes into buying a three hundred dollar, you know, which is basically a luxury product. Yeah. Um, So you need to. Your team needs to have those tools, and they need to feel like passionate about moving that product, um, that's a key ingredient, I would say. Um, we don't like to, you know, I don't like to overpower people. Like it's not the end of the world. If you don't like it, it's not for you. No worries. (laughs) Um, but ultimately, you know, we, for us, it's about making a quality product. It's about being authentic, genuine, and being able to, you know, sell that product to people. And and it's really sensitive subject because we sell prescription eyewear. So you're talking about a look and also someone's vision and eyesight. So it's really they're very sensitive to that decision. It's not like styling someone in a pair of pants or shoes. It's, it goes away. It's one pair. Like, we're really changing an entire person's persona by picking a frame. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that um, choice. They have to wear glasses. They need to. They can't see. And, you know, you're defining their character. So I think just understanding all that the sensitivity to the product that we're selling and just making a great product and believing in it and, and surrounding yourself with people that are passionate about the brand and what you're selling. And not selling, you know, bullshit, really. I mean, that's where it starts to get ugly.
0: Well, it was interesting is I just realized something. Like, you said, you know, $300 for a frame. But you wear them every day. It's not like a pair of jeans that you wear, like, 50 times yeah. over even, the jeans lifetime. Jeans is
1: not even a best. Because you do wear jeans a lot. It's not. Like, it's like more like other stuff, too. Shirts. Yeah. You're always changing your shirt. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah, t-shirt. Yeah. It's interesting in that sense. I mean, and also, I mean, wear is such a... Uh, especially when you get down into... Sun- I've always been, like, a sunglass freak. In fact... You, I didn't tell you this. In fact, the last pair of expensive glasses I bought was Oliver Peoples. Okay. This was before you had started your company. This was, I was in New York. I was about 15 years ago. And I remember I went in. and Soho store? Yeah, exactly. On uh, yeah, Right there the on Broom. Same. and broom, yeah. 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 On the corner there. And I remember I walked in and I was like, wow, these are amazing. And I was like, well, I can't afford them. And I was like, fuck it. And I bought them. And I lost them like two weeks later. And I was just like, I'm never gonna do that again. Lost him? Yeah. Ugh. But that's my thing is like I just lose stuff. Like I so I have like I know you've seen my the I I yeah, get two dollar reading glasses oh. off Amazon.
1: I have seen those.
0: <laughs> You're making such an uncomfortable face. Well it's just because <laughs> God like just get this
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Okay, we can circle back to that. But I just have found like that but that it was I realized I never told you that story and just how it was like a pivotal moment for me where I was the 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 joy of buying them was overshadowed only by the pain of 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 just being separated. I,
1: I wonder how much of our business is like a refill. I lost my glasses business. A lot of eyewear brands exist, not exist but flourish on this idea that people oh, yeah. lose their I mean it, comes, it happens all the time I'm sure and we have a lot of people that have sort of disposable I mean they're like fuck I lost it I yeah. heard a guy come in like a guy who uh, he had 15 pairs of glasses and um valet stole them or something all of them all like, and he wanted to replenish every one of them dang yeah
0: that's a lot that's a that's I know, right? That's a lot.
1: Slowly, I think he did like six the first day, and then right. he came back like a week later. He's like, "Oh, fuck, I need that one, and i will take four more." So, so did like, you? Yeah.
0: So did you? Is there a rivalry between you and your dad, or no? It doesn't sound like it, really. I
1: don't think so. No, no. it's pretty awesome. No, there's not a rivalry there.
0: Uh, but did, how did you end up playing golf? Was it him, or, or what, what? What was the story there? Um,
1: like I, I've, people always laugh when I say it, but I just this from what I remember, it was Tiger Woods' '97 Masters. Like I lived three blocks from Rancho Park. Um, You know, I was a tennis player I played tennis in college So the country club We weren't members of any country clubs But uh it's a country club game, right? And uh I don't know I think he just won And it just like swept over the nation Everybody in school was talking about it So one Saturday Me and my friends were like Let's go play the three par And then, you know We're all athletes So it kind of wasn't you know, It's such a hard game But like it wasn't that hard I mean, you know, probably had a par the first time out Like I could hit the ball And you know, so I was like I, I like this and I and I, and I I notice a lot of people when that I play with now even you I think are like I hated it the first time or or I just, you know I liked it and then I just I hadn't played for 20 years. I don't have that story. Literally golf has been part of my life since I was 13. I have played a minimum of 12 rounds a year when I was in college. When I, I've never not played. I've always always had to have at least a round a month. I play more now, but um yeah, I mean, 97 Woods Masters wins it. He's 19 years old, you know, and we're all just like, let's play this game. And it was just fun. And then went over to the big boy course at Rancho. And did you read high school golf? Or- oh, you played in high school too? I did, just for the first year. And I had, yeah. Um, just the first year. Uh, I went to uh, Sports Chalet, which I don't think exists anymore. And I bought a set that was like, you know, like a, I was about like for a teenager. It was like Wilson maybe, but it didn't have all the clubs: seven, five, driver, wedge. Right. And used that okay. for a while. Then my uncle got really into it. And Then I would go with him, and uh, yeah, and then he gave me some hand-me-down clubs and that type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, so Rancho, you know, you 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 this this really great institution, public municipal golf in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Uh, how do you play there often now or now, you
1: know, you, you joined Mountain Gate. I joined Mountain Gate. I still go to, I'll still play Rancho at least twice a year. Um, I'll play Rustic a couple times a year. Like that's the thing. Like I'm not, I love golf. I can't just be like a one club, one course guy. Like I got to go everywhere. Now I, I really have included golfing in my travels now. So last summer I had to go to Paris for work. I played that golf national twice. I had to do some work in San Francisco. I met my, my wife in Monterey and played pebbles. So I've really like... You know, I am playing great golf, non-LA. But even in the city, like, I can't play Mountain Gate every week. I, I just need a I need to come do some links. I need to do Rancho. Um, it, it doesn't get boring to play Mountain Gate, but it in a way it does. I need different golf. And, and there's a difference between municipal golf and country club golf. And I think municipal outside of the weight is super underrated if it's a great course. I mean, I love a good public golf course. Yeah. And well, Rancho why? is maybe
0: one of the most premium of, if, of them all. Absolutely. What what do you see as being the biggest part of that difference there?
1: I just think there's more true soul golfers, if you can say that, if that makes sense. I just it's everybody's just you. Everybody there is there for golf only, really, and you can feel it in a way. Right. And um, I don't know. I love even as a single, it's fun. You don't like. I don't remember the last time I went out as a single at a private club and like just went in a group and was part of that group. You know. Well, and my club's a fucking public course at the end of there there's four thousand people there so you know that's not gonna happen anyways but um yeah there's just something about it you can just go to you just meet the cool most random. i love going on a little bit of a drizzle day too because you always get the coolest playing part i played with rudy tom once at, at I don't know um, that is. he won two nba championships he's like six seven as a coach he, he won them um, at houston rockets um but like you know, okay, so he's NBA coach, he won two championships and I, I remember asking him, I was like eighteen at the time, I was like, Where's your uh, where do you keep your uh, NBA championship rings? And he goes, I have no idea, I think they're in a sock in my top drawer. <laughs> and I'm just like I mean, now that we're talking about it, I was like, that's municipal golfers. Like, that guy's a millionaire. But, like, he doesn't, you know, he, whatever reason, he, he's playing a public golf course, and he's the type of guy that keeps a million-dollar ring and a sock in his top drawer. And I fucking love that shit. I it love is it. That
0: is really. Uh, I love it. There, I guess the municipal golf thing you, is, is even a further example of the level playing field, of, of we are all equal.
1: hmm I like that. Non-discriminatory. I like it. Um, but yeah, of course, like, I don't like waiting and yeah, six hour rounds stuck and the greens are stepped on and I get all that, but like, whatever, they're stepped on for everybody that day. I'm not really into scoring, if that makes sense. Like, I, like I'm down, like going low is like the best. But you course. play well. You, you're a good player. Thank you. But like, you know, I don't try to lose it over like, a, you know, like I, sh- I, sh- I, no, am I kidding? I shoot 95 sometimes and it's right. fine. Like, I still try to like get a birdie or like having to hit one shot. It's just one shot is all I need yeah, yeah. to go to bed a little easier that <laughs> evening, you know. And, and that doesn't need to be at a country club or a, and it can be anywhere. So I don't know. Yeah, you uh, you were
0: one of the first people, or you were the first person to tell me about uh, the uh, pancakes at Penmar, oh, yeah. which was this nine hole course in Venice. You got me, and then and I'm taking Pierce and Andy from me and my They're golf. So
1: good. We loved it. They're so good. How do you? Why are they orange? Do uh, you have any? They,
0: they put... He, he didn't tell me. It's banana and um, you guessing? vanilla. No, they told me. Okay. It's in the video. We Gus we told it as, you? Uh,
1: yeah. He doesn't like being on camera.
0: We. I think we asked him off camera. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Do you
1: know that he doesn't eat eggs? You did
0: mention that, I think.
1: Which Very is so bizarre. weird for a guy that makes breakfast every day. He's
0: staring. Maybe that's why he
1: doesn't eat eggs. No, that's why his pancakes are so good, because there's no eggs in them. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: But you told me about this, and I thought that was really interesting. is because you had basically treated the uh, golf itself as a way of kind of being a tourist in your own city. The idea of going to this golf course to get the pancakes. Like, it just seemed, I don't know, it was very exciting for me. I thought it was cool.
1: I'm glad you liked it.
0: Um, yeah, we had a good time there. And um, do do you, do you get to play golf
1: on the road when you're traveling, or...? Not obviously. I'm going to Munich tomorrow, so not you know nuts. Not kind in of that chilly setting. there right now. Yeah, and then I'll go to Milan in February. Not really there, although I have not a, a sales rep who wants to take me to play. Like he's a really good foot golfer, and he says he plays in the cold. Never tried that. I did it once in England. Uh, it's hard. I mean, I don't. I'm not good at soccer in any way. No. Uh, yeah, I, I I play, I play if it's the right season in the right place. But I I love taking my clubs with me if I can play. Uh, and Actually, I I'm lying. I'm going to Milan, but then my sales rep just bought a place in Marbella, south of Spain. Yes, and uh, we're going for three days, and we're playing golf like every day after the after the thing. Oh, that's after awesome! The, after the trade show, that is awesome. I've heard
0: there's some really good golf down there.
1: I know. I gotta find it. You yeah. gotta help me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. It. I think Jimenez has a course down there. I would love. To, oh, is that public though? Uh, pro- I mean, probably. You'll, you'll get me. On. We'll get. We'll you'll yeah. Get we'll, we'll, we'll sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sort it out. Yeah, they actually they were like uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez would like you to come do this event, and they were like we'll fly you from Europe, and I was like you're already in Europe, I I live in America, and they were like well you need to get to Europe, and I was like well then I'm not like I want to do it, but
1: he's the best, right? He's a good guy. I I, I regret not going. So I I went clips of him. He's like oh he's hilarious. Like he got in a fight with Keegan Bradley one time. or something. Oh that was big.
0: That was heated. He was on the range once, and I said can I ask you a couple questions, and he looked at me up and down, and then he goes I need me time. (laughs) <laughs> and just, like, walked away. I was like, okay. Good for you. Respect. Yeah, at least he knows that. Respect. Yeah, I mean, he didn't make it weird. He was just very and straight up. Yeah. Not personal. Um, yeah, so is, is there anything you're looking for in golf that you haven't had yet? I mean, do you?
1: No, I mean, I, like, obviously a hole-in-one, but I'm a collector. So, like, I have been to 16 baseball stadiums. I've been to 10, roughly 10 NBA stadiums. Like, I have a, you know, unwritten self life goal of going to all the venues. And when I went to Wrigley field, I just literally, I think I watched one inning and just walked and just thought about like all the things that have happened there. Over, I just love sport. I'm crazy about sport and sport history. I don't know why. I mean, I know that I grew up in a sport family. I grew up in a baseball. My dad was a baseball player. So baseball is like chief number one than basketball probably. But, um, I'm obsessed with sport and venues that just cause the greatness that happened in those places, like, like magic almost, you know? Um, so, uh, I don't even remember the question, but yeah, I'm a collector and I'm, and, and my goal is to just collect the courses. Like I played Beth Page last year. I just want to, I just want to go where these like things happened, you know, Uh, ultimately. And and is that, is that mostly
0: about the professional game or is it, or would you be happy to play somewhere that isn't necessarily professional? It's, you know, like more of just like a special architect in a corner.
1: I wouldn't like that as much as I should. Interesting. And I hope I grow to do that. I've read some things and listened to some of your podcasts just about, you, you know, like just a lo- like Roosevelt. You did a feature for me about Roosevelt, you know, like I don't not like Roosevelt, but like there's something with me where it's like, oh, it's nine holes and I'm only playing 18. Oh, like, for you, golf is 18. That, I don't know. Yeah. For me, golf is 18. Right, and, right, right. Um, I wish I need to grow to like that. I probably would have a better short game too if I did.
0: Perhaps. Yeah. Let's talk about this. So, uh, actually, no, let's go to a Cutch commercial really quick. Hang on. All right, everybody. Got a great read for you here. Stay tuned till the end of it because there is a massive deal at the end of this read. Precision Pro Golf, maker of the NX7 series rangefinder, is proud to bring you this spot on The Eric Anders Lang Show. The Eric Anders Lang Show is bringing golf to the masses, which is pretty rad. And Precision Pro is bringing accurate measurements to golfers at an affordable price. Their NX7 Series Rangefinder was named Best Value Golf Rangefinder by MyGolfSpy.com. You heard that right. Best Value Golf Rangefinder at MyGolfSpy.com. With all the bells and whistles that golfers love, without the bloated price tag that other companies charge, it's the perfect rangefinder to add to your golf bag this year. So right now, Precision Pro is offering $20 off the NX7 Series Rangefinder, Go to PrecisionProGolf.com, PrecisionProGolf.com, and use coupon code ERIC, E-R-I-K, do not spell my name wrong, this time, folks, for a free uh, lifetime battery replacement, for, wait, for $20 off, and then you also get free lifetime battery replacement service. Whoa. Dude, you know how many times my battery dies in my rangefinder where I'm just like, uh, grind, give me a battery? They're so expensive. If you can actually get to take advantage of that, you could eventually get a free rangefinder by the end of the time. Uh, yeah, they're not joking, folks. Lifetime battery replacement services. You can check out the awesome reviews on their website or on Amazon. Amazon, that's what's up. Uh, to read what other golfers are saying about Precision Pro Golf rangefinders. Once again, go to PrecisionProGolf.com and use coupon code E R I K. K is in awesome for twenty dollars off. Swing with confidence. Hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. All right, folks, you know my favorite golf shoe, don't you? I think you do. It's three stripe life, y'all, and that means Adidas. Um, and so, anyway, I just wanted to tell you that when I, I I'm I'm a big fan of the Tour 360, obviously, and uh, they've made a huge update to the Tour 360, and uh, the two letters that it's concerned with are the letters X and T, okay? The Tour 360 XT changes the game, okay? It's lighter, so your feet feel even better after a round. By the way, a light golf shoe is what I'm all about. A heavy, there are some other companies making heavy golf shoes, and I'm just like, by the way, I weigh enough. There's enough going on. I'm carrying a golf bag. I'm carrying my team, um... Tor XT changes the game. It's lighter, so your feet feel even better after a round, and it still features that boost, y'all. Do you know where boost comes from? It And boost is cool because it only comes in black and white. I don't know if you noticed that. And actually, they the guy who made boost like was going to bring it to some other, you know, they, they were shopping it around, and everyone else said no. Adidas was like, I'll take that boost, even though it's only black and white. And what did Adidas do with it? They made it awesome. I'm looking at boost right now on my feet. Boost on my feet. uh And it has an X shaped traction system that gives you insane stability. Literally, it's not sane. It's literally crazy. Your feet will literally be like, I'm crazy. Best part, it comes in spikeless. Ooh, that's tight. The first spikeless ever in the history of the Tour 360. Crazy, comfortable, and perfect for the course. Get your pair at Adidas.com. Thank me later. Follow Adidas Golf for all the latest and greatest. That's all true statements right there. Check it out. Go support Adidas because they're a good company, good people. I like it. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you, you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town, where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. So, yeah, we're back, and I think we were going to talk about spectacle. Yeah. This um this magazine, this zine that you do, mm-hmm. that you developed out of the desire to basically what? Like, like
1: I guess, own your own marketing for, for, the, for the brand? No, I mean, we always owned our own marketing because we're private and whatnot. It just developed. I'm a writer, and I love writing, and um, I felt that the catalog concept was not authentic. And we made our first catalog, and we did it on newsprint, right? But it was just photos of my friends at Jelena. My my store was right next to Jelena, in on Abbott Kinney. So a lot of my friends worked there, and I just they're so beautiful. They like hire the most beautiful people, right? Right, right. And the space, the light is so perfect, and <laughs> we just went in there. And but it was a good idea. We J- just we went. Jelena,
0: if you don't live in LA, is this sort of the 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 coolest and most beautiful pizzeria ever?
1: Pretty much. It's more than that, but more they, than but a
0: pizzeria. The, but the pizza is just insane. Phenomenal.
1: Yeah. So. You know, it was me and my creative director and we kind of were like, let's just shoot them folding napkins before, you know, before they open. Just let's just shoot the staff in their, you know, waiter attire. And um, it was great. But we printed it on a newsprint. And I think that's when it was just kind of like in my mind, like there should be words attached to this. Right. Mm Because I'm more of the words guy. My creative director is a little bit more into the, you know, photo side of things. And, um, that medium anyways. So then quickly after that, we're like, let's do a magazine. Let's feature Los Angeles culture and, you know, music, art, fashion, architecture, uh, whatever. And, um, you know, fast forward, it's, we've had 10 issues and we've done some amazing features and featured some amazing people and places. Um, and then this past season, so it became a little redundant for me. Like I got a little tired of like, Another, you know, Neutra house and another <laughs> chef. And an, and, I, and I'm just crazy about golf. And I was like, just in order to re-inspire, I'm like, I'm, I just want to go full golf for one. And I think the brand works best when it's me being me anyways. Right. And, it's cl- and with social media, it's like you, everybody that they know I love golf, I'm posting it all the time. Right, right. right. So... Why not? Just dive in. Right, right, right. Whatever. I love it. Who cares? That's the beauty of it. Can do whatever I want.
0: <laughs> that's that is the beauty of it. And the beauty is that you're willing to say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's try something. Yeah. Let's just experiment. How is that hard to do? Did you have to learn to do that? To
1: just like engage the freedom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, no well I mean because now you're running a business worth I'm assuming a lot of money right and you're here saying yeah let's just try this
1: no I always did that naturally and then over the last few years I had to I, I think I did less of it yeah and now I'm trying to go back to the ga- Garrett that didn't give a shit
0: good is that scary with
1: respect to the 50 people who work for me and you know making sure their paycheck keeps coming in like it's all needs to be organized and a little more calculated it was totally free eight years ago there were right. no budgets <laughs> like, right that didn't I mean, you there should have been in. probably, probably I'd have more money in my pocket right now if there were, but, but in a way there shouldn't have been, you know, we're here.
0: Well, but how do you see the difference between the two money and sort of success
1: and happiness? I mean, are they necessarily related for you? They No, no. Actually I have, I'm the other way. Like I'm trying to train myself to care more about money. For me, it's never been the goal ever. It's always just been, back to what you said just like passionate and the company and the culture and the people and creating jobs and you know my the girl my head designer is basically you know i not basically i hired her off craigslist six months into this business and i had a retail store i didn't have garrett light it was called a court it was just a retail store there was no garrett light she worked as a retailer then i was going to launch a brand um she worked as a you know sales associate and I was gonna launch a brand and I did like quizzed her. She was from design school. I gave her a quiz. I was like, I'll give you a dollar raise if you guess what the difference between these two drawings are. And she like guessed it in 10 seconds. I was like, shit. Okay. Amazing. Not a big deal. I'll give you the raise. And then anyway, she worked her way into being the head designer now. And it's basically like one and two. And the company perceives us as like a you know brother-sister type of like thing. And it's just always been about that. It's been about this 23-year-old girl who's now 33 and bought a house and is building a house in the back. And of that house. And, you know, it's just been about that. And my, my COO who was uh operations manager, you know, and, and just like hopefully just seeing people grow and, and then customers being happy. And even I've even witnessed retailers that launched their store the year that we launched and now they've got three stores. And I think that's in large part due to how many Garrett light frames they've sold. Right. And I like that. And yeah, that ultimately can bring us finance and or money and, um, maybe now I'm trying to learn how to care a little bit more about that.
0: Right, but it's never been about that. It was. It was always about just sort of.
1: It still a puzzle. is about that, but it maybe just a little bit more like, okay, you know, we've got too much of this or too much of that, and we don't need it. Right, and it's for the greater good of everybody if we just do, you know, less of this, more of this.
0: So you said earlier you don't really care about the fact that golf isn't really um, categorized as being stylish, right? But, but. You, you may not care, but I mean, what do you think golf needs to do to sort of move out of where it is? Because, I mean, I see problems and women see problems. Women aren't al- women aren't allowed to dress
1: well on the golf course. What's the problem? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a problem around style in golf. But like I don't like the like the first thing you said was like it's not associated with good style, But like sh- Caddyshack, I mean, Chevy. Chase. I'm like, I'm just trying to be Chevy Chase. Well, classically
0: like that, it is, but that's all, that's also a generational thing. Like the problem is like, you want to say white belts, but you, get, you know, like large logos. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that stuff sucks. It sucks. It's like they want every golfer to literally look like they are an athlete.
1: I don't think they want anything. I don't think other than a big logo. Like, I don't think they know what good style is. Interesting. And by they, we're talking about like the major sponsors, right? Yeah. Um, I just don't think they're aware. I, don't, I think they're, They don't know who to hire and how to get it done. It's really just the way things are cut and the, you know, it's not any, and the patterns that are made, they're like, and, and also I think it's being made for the sake of it. Like these brands, it's, you know, spring 2019, we have to have a new collection, right? Right. but nobody's inspired by anything, but we have to, we're going to show, we need 32 SKUs of these and four, it's like, why don't you just scale it back to just wanting to make cool shit? Yeah. I think it's just become well. They don't have
0: freedom. They don't have flexibility. They're
1: too corporate.
0: Yeah, they they have to do exactly what they did last year and better.
1: It's going to take a lot of little guys, I think, a lot of little guys to just make up, you know, speak to that younger audience. It's just a, they need choices. I, I, you know, you're not supposed to wear like a Reebok socks with a Nike shoe and all these things. But for golf, I think in the future, and it won't be Nike and those brands per se. But I think that's you'll you want you're gonna we need that option to pick and choose like i have you know these pants with that shirt and these socks because these guys make the best socks these guys make the best pants and these guys i mean that's that you know it's gonna be about the little guys i think
0: that's super cool that's inspiring actually because that feels like a prescription or a uh, rather a uh, not uh, yeah i guess a prescription for how to fix it that's reasonable and in, and it's already starting to happen, right? You've got Malvin. So. You know Malvin.
1: Yeah, you got Malvin, but there's other, there's other guys too. I met sure. one of the guys that uh, at the ACL thing, Dunning Michael. Something. Uh, Dunning. Yeah, Ralph you like Dunning. Their stuff, he's a good guy. Right?
0: Yeah, he's yeah, great. Yeah. In fact, Ralph Dunning made the first pair of pants that I really liked. Yeah, you were talking
1: about that. One a lot
0: of. By the way, a lot of people ask what pants do I wear. That it's not about the pants. It's that you get them tailored.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. You don't, you're you not wearing golf pants. No, today are, I didn't for whatever what these, reason. What are these pants? They're from
1: wearing? RTH on La Cienega, which is an amazing that is. store. Should, they're the best. It's I'll probably check the it best out. store in LA. For,
0: RTH. Yeah. I'm going to check it out.
1: It's on La Cienega. But um, I don't know. I like to feel like I could walk off the course and go straight into my office. That's Very hard to do. That's a big deal for me. Yeah. I. You almost, but what I started out with today, but it got too hot, <laughs> I could wear that to work. Sure. 100%. Yeah. That's a big deal for me. I don't know why that is. I got that thing. I just I I, I want it to look more like, you know, workwear.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that would be great. It doesn't make sense that you're sort of separating the two. Um, but you know, but you're but you're very casual in your work. I'm assuming, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Assuming that you have a casual job, yes. <laughs> then it, I want it to be more like workwear. But right. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't necessarily have the prescription. I think just a little more passion would go a long way. Yeah. A little less about the dollar. A little bit less about the corporate. And because what I've heard about the industry in general, it doesn't surprise me. But it's just like. There's like two players and they like pretty much own everything and they buy up everything that's cool. Right. And that's not any different from wear. It's the exact same thing. Really? But wear has yeah, Luxotica. this and they and then there's Marshawn and Saffalo, and Luxotica owns, you know, they own Sunglass Hut. they own Ray Ban, they own the, the the insurance companies that you buy the lens. I mean, they own everything. And um, I forget the stat, but they're like a nine billion dollar business, and the industry is like sixty billion or something like that. Whoa! And then you got Saffilo and Marshawn. they probably together are five billion. You know, so you've got about, you know, more than you know, five guys that make up more than half of the entire industry. And then you've got guys like me, and but I for, in eyewear, there's more. There's a little bit more. But I think it's because it's driven by fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah, so golf there is isn't more room. Golf is driven by that. It's sport. No,
0: yeah. And, yeah, golf is driven usually by sponsorship, which, you know, there's no one wearing a Garrett Light logo. No.
1: Not yet. They could, they should, <laughs> That's another thing we should talk about because I'd love, if you get any feedback, but just the idea of golf eyewear, right? Yeah. I'm just really thrown for a loop and want to know when this whole wrap kind of frame became like the go-to because I still see the ads like the Bubba Watson ads that say yeah you want to see golf like Bubba first of all no I'm never gonna see golf like Bubba like (laughs) ever gonna ever be part of my life right you know no I just want to look better than him right I mean like that's what he does I come to the course and I just look better than him yeah he should want to look like me yeah and also when's the last time a guy hit a great shot like a pro first of all I don't see him wearing it a lot in a tournament and they were like it's the glasses yeah, never. I won the Masters because I never. was wearing those glasses.
0: Well, they talk about Bubba's glasses being making it easier to see the ball or something. I don't understand. It feels like a bold claim.
1: Ball? He's got caddies and TV cameras.
0: That's true. And he's just like, he could hit the ball with his eyes closed. Yeah. One of my favorite golf style icons is this guy, Robert Rock. Do you know who I'm talking about? Robert Rock is, uh, He's. I actually don't know where he's from, but he plays in the European Tour. I'm pretty sure he's English. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't wear a hat.
1: That's rad, although the skin cancer thing, but that is rad.
0: He doesn't wear a hat, and I don't think he wears glasses either. He, and I said, why don't you wear a hat? And he said, well, I have great hair. And I said, noted. But I said, also, do you lose you money by not... Thank you. I've I, gotten compliments. On you've that got hair good word. hair, too. Yeah. Um, he said, "He said, I said, do you lose money by not wearing a hat, you know, by, by decreased sponsorship? And he said, yeah. I was like, wow, but you still choose not to wear a hat. He's like, yeah, I just I don't want to. And it kind of blew like me the, away. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool, and... He was just doing his own thing. But, yeah, there aren't a lot of other individual people out there in golf. I mean, I guess there's maybe, I don't know, a Duffner doesn't wear a logo on his hat, a couple others. But mostly these guys
1: should not be the fashion icons. This is where guys like you and me need to be more. This is why the micro-influencer in golf is so important, in my opinion. Because if these guys continue to be the fashion icons within the golf industry, then the next generation isn't going to look good either. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I there's too much money in golf, so I don't blame these guys. Like, you know, you hey, you can fly fly free, and we'll give you half a million dollars worth of net jets on your neck. Golf, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that's like a I, deal. I don't blame the guy. Like, of course, but yeah. that's kind of why social media, and I think some of these micro influencers that dress different. It's like, those should be the style icons for the, for the golf community. And then the other guys are just, I mean, I don't know. I just love pro golf because it's just insane, right? You know, like, <laughs> it's just like, You go a little crazy, it's, yeah. But it's just the greatest. Le- they're just doing it at the highest level. Like right. Constantly just like, wow. And
0: the more you show? play golf, the more you see how good they actually are. Correct. Yeah, on their best day. You're just like, how did you do that?
1: Do you ever hit a shot like a you ever you ever hit a shot and go oh, golf shot like yeah just yeah like absolute, once every like once a, every couple rounds yeah once every like four or five rounds that's yeah. the best when you like know a pro couldn't hit it any better
0: well that's one of the things they say that makes golf so addicting is that you know any hack could hit a shot and that a pro would take any day hundred percent once a round or something it keeps you coming back what um but yeah going back to the uh, the uh, it's very interesting to think that. The pro golfers shouldn't be the style icons because in most sports they are. But the problem is, is that mm. you see most most athletes have good style. I feel like no but basketball. This is the no
1: thing, dude. No, because we're talking about while they're playing. So you exactly. are wearing uniform jerseys. Yeah. So yeah, okay, maybe they're off the court like some of those guys, press look conference. cool or whatever, right? But yeah, well, golfers should actively wearing.
0: Golfers should be able to change for the, the press best conference.
1: opportunity to actually look. Um, like, better than every other sport. Baseball right. players have a uniform. Basketball players have a uniform.
0: Yeah, golfers are like race car drivers. You know what I mean? Because a golfer should take a shower before they go do their press conference, like every other sport, but they, they don't. don't because they need to have the logos on. Really? And, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's, it, it would seem like that would be a large part of
1: it. This whole process is just interfering with the betterment of the golf attire. It really
0: is. It really is, you know, because, yeah, you don't... Uh, I don't go into many pro shops, and I've stopped buying things in pro shops. Do you buy anything in a pro shop anymore?
1: I'm, you mean like at a golf course?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, what, a pro shop. I, what do you pick I, up? Like I, a belt? I, bought,
1: I know. I, this is this is me collecting. Every time I play a new course, I buy the ball.
0: The golf ball. And do you have a no, but display case? No, I don't buy case? anything else. Yeah, I have a display case. Really? <laughs> oh, I'd love to see this. Yeah, yeah. Will you take a picture and send it to me?
1: Uh, I have on my Instagram. I want to ch- Okay, I'll check it out. I feel like I I also read an article recently because I didn't know this, but like, about like pro, you know, guys who played golf in the juniors or whatever. It's like, if you have, if you're playing with plastic tees, you're a hack. If you have like one of those folded towels, you're a hack. Or um, like golf clothes, like from the shop. Right. What would or, you, or like like you know or the or the rack of like the guys that buy the golf ball but right? Like, well, fuck off. I'm Who like, cares? I'm a I'm
0: it's you're no one's gonna put you in that category. Right. Uh, winding down. What would you say? Uh, style advice for those out there that are looking to up their game a little bit.
1: Um, that's a hard, good question because if you're gonna shop within the golf, you know, world, um, it's challenging because there's yeah. not there's not too many options. Um, But I feel like, I mean, I just would, you know, like you go shopping with your girlfriend or whatever, and you don't, you're not looking, right? Like, let's say it's a unisex store. I would just say maybe like always be on the lookout for something that you could wear in golf. I think. My mind is always revolving around fashion and clothes, right? So I'm always looking whether it's, like, in a shop. But I think a lot of guys, especially golf guys, when it's time to go shopping, and you know, brunch and shopping with a girlfriend, they're, like, as soon as the brunch is over, they're checked out of that part maybe. Right, right. But, you know, and they're mostly shopping at Roger Dunn or, like, buying a shirt in the pro (laughs) shop. Like, maybe just use that time to think about what you would wear on a golf course while you're not at shops that are selling golf only. Right. And then you might find some gems every once in a while. You might find a cool pair of pants. You might find a shirt that just, you know, a little, in the, you know, just a diamond in the rough.
0: That's what I've, I've been pretty lucky. You know, like a lot of things I've found is from these just non-golf stores in the mall. Yeah. Names I don't need to mention, but you get it, right? Yeah. Just these like sort of like cheap stores and you're like, that's a $10 golf shirt, but it's yeah. amazing and no one would guess.
1: Also a lot of vintage shirts. Like eBay. Collared, yeah, I mean collared shirts or I love that, like, go on ebay and literally like they can be golf brands the vintage shit's better vintage golf yeah dude it's just good. like just like what did i want to get re- oh, like vintage shoes oh wow uh what did i find like some i don't i don't want to they like, were probably adidas so we'll oh, just was, like, leave it at that oh they were adidas that's that's oh, awesome oh, dude yeah, right, right, right. yeah this podcast is brought to you by adidas okay. so <laughs> um wait, i have a question for you <laughs> yes go ahead but it's i don't know if it helps wind it down i just you're not from los angeles right true I was just curious, and you golf all over the world. Yes. And I was just curious how you would describe, in general, the Los Angeles golfer versus the golfers around the world. As a person. As a person. That's interesting.
0: Well, I mean, you know, L.A., obviously, it's one of its richest uh, facets is the diversity. So the L.A. golfer, it's almost impossible to pin down, right? Because you've really got many, many types of people. You've probably got five um whereas in Scotland there's like two. There's like a Scottish guy or girl and then there's like an American. Right. Basically, yeah. who's like visiting. Who's visiting, yeah. Um but LA you've really got you've got the country club type who's just like literally is just uh you know, would would kill people if it meant that they could have a better toilet paper. And you how know? does
1: that compare to the where you're from country club
0: guy? So I never played golf in New Jersey. Okay. I've only been playing golf since moving to L.A. Uh, okay. I moved to L.A. 10 years ago, and I started playing golf three uh, seven years ago. Okay, So I was already here. So golf for me, we, th- this was my uh, ground zero for golf. So going to the Wilson and Harding driving range, that was my first uh, study hall. And so it was a high percentage Korean uh, you know, men and women, older. And then there was a handful of hipsters. There was a handful of well, you know, Wilson and Harding are staffed by uh, community service members who are, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, paying their hours back for DUIs and whatnot. Yeah, and then (laughs) (laughs) you know, so so for me it was it it always the, the greatest part for me about learning to get into the game of golf around L.A. was that cultural diversity everywhere you went. Um, cause I was mostly frequenting public courses. And then years after beginning to play, I finally played Wilshire. That was my first private course that I ever played. And it was ultimately the one that I ended up joining. Um, but I remember that was like, you know, whoa, no flip flops have to wear a belt. Whoa, all these crazy rules. And, but everybody was still really nice. So, you know, I mean, the, the LA golfer is going to be more laid back than your New York golfer. That's for sure. Uh, the New York golfers are a bit more conservative in the South, uh, Atlanta area, very the most conservative, I would say, in America. Um, maybe aside from Texas, but then again, I, you I still have Texas, you still have you know club to club to club, right? Different personalities, yeah. Um, Japan is insanely I conservative.
1: They're so bad. I go there every year.
0: You actually don't want to play there,
1: it's hard to play there. You
0: do not, it's a full day.
1: Yeah, you, no, will, you get one hour lunch. Yeah, you'll, you'll the leave
0: stuff. the hotel, it's an hour drive. You play the front nine, two and a half hours, mandatory one hour lunch, then back nine, two and a half hours, then drive home. But I mean, you
1: know I want to play there once. What? what do you mean? You should do it,
0: yeah. Um, maybe when are you going to be there next Which
1: course April
0: Oh shoot. I'm going to be there in March Uh March
1: what I'll be there March 31st
0: Oh uh, yeah no I'm going to be there beginning of March but second week but they say, you know Which there's course? there's good courses okay. there's good courses there's, me off. We'll, tell me better. we'll we'll figure it out uh there are a couple publics that you can play that are fine that that get the point across uh, Gil Hans actually has a course there Okay yeah That's and cool. um we just played at Gil Hance. We did and you know I mean shh, man like there, there's a lot of good golf out there. They go crazy for it. It's meticulous, but a lot of Japanese. It's, an it's totally an experience, and and that's what I that's what Adventures in Golf is built on is this idea of you know you sort of have a litmus test for culture when you boil everything down to a golf course, mm-hmm. um, but most Japanese actually go to Thailand to play golf.
1: Why is that? Uh, because it's e- Thailand just is cheaper accessible.
0: easier more golf the, the the vibe is better yeah um but yeah they they, they leave
1: Korea is like the craziest and Korea ever. is
0: actually the most expensive most in Korea
1: the most elite most exclusive
0: yeah and they go to Thailand too they all go to Thailand because it, they don't the the golf in their own country is too expensive that's great too exclusive
1: I mean it's good to know
0: it's very good to know um so yeah I mean the la golfer that's it's, it's they're they're a laid back type there's the the LA public golf scene is is among the best in the world um unfortunately we don't have like a comp to beth page or tory or chambers or you know these wonderful the world class you totally. know, sporting locations. We don't have that. No. We don't yet. Um, we might, but we have a lot of great courses, and I'm excited to hear the response to the article that you asked me to write for the magazine. You I think it was good pretty job. good. Thank you.
1: The photos are great. The story write up is awesome. It's exactly what I wanted. So you wanted it to be about golf, and then and then, but there was a special water component. Well, the whole zine is about golf, so I wanted like my f- customer doesn't care about golf. So I can't just write not right. Yeah, I, can't I guess just they don't do 105 pages of like swing technique. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like they just don't care about Hal that. How
0: Garrett shot 75. Yeah,
1: exactly. So you know, you wrote a story about you, and also like if I was especially in these times, you know, environmentalists and whatnot may think of golf as you know nonsense because it's the much water that it uses. So that story yeah. is important. Yeah, to show people that we're not just you know you know eating the land and don't give a shit like we want to you know, show you that you know some of these courses do care and we, the reusable water and um so that's that's really cool and we wrote about food because my customers are foodies and we wrote about um architecture because my customers care about design so we tried to diversify the content um my one of my favorite stories is by my best friend and ron and it's uh he's a terrible golfer and it's about how he killed a bird oh no that was with the first birdie. I think that's where birdie got its
0: name in Atlantic City. <laughs> really? this, this, this story was told, Atlantic City Country Club, a guy hit a bird and, and beat par by one stroke, so they called it a birdie. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's the story. So, I, there's some discrepancies there. So but.
1: That's, that's a good one, too, and it's actually titled Fuck Golf because he's like, <laughs> he's just like, God, like I killed a bird. Yeah, he's a murderer. Harmless, I'm a murderer. He's
0: a golfing murderer. Yeah,
1: the opening line is, the bird I murdered was beautiful.
0: ron's a good dude we talked a little bit so you so what's cool about this is we did an article on roosevelt this nine-hole course in la muni that's redoing their water system to go into um, non-potable water reclaimed water recycled water uh and and i guess what's going to be cool is that this magazine is ultimately a real positive take on golf how can people listen to this get a hold of it
1: um, if you're in one of the major cities that we have a store in, so San Francisco, LA, or New York, you can just pop by the store, which I encourage because they can you know, walk you through it, show you the f- frames too. But uh, you can just go on our website and pay shipping.
0: Nice. Gar- oh, that's cool.
1: GarrettLight.com and uh, I think L E I G H T. L E like I G H T. And just um, go to Extras, which is where we sell things that are not eyewear. Okay. And it's free, but you just have to pay for shipping. We don't charge you shipping on glasses, but. Right if we
0: so freeze freezing with glasses maybe no no
1: oh yeah if you buy a pair of glasses you get okay we there you put, go we put one in every order but oh that's cool yeah no but you know we got to cover the expenses you on put this one show. in every order it's yeah. quite a large format magazine it's big yeah yeah
0: i was impressed when you sent it to me i have a, a couple of copies. Oh, i really cool. i was very impressed it took
1: I, me a while to get you one that's just me but yeah <laughs> you gave me many of the co- I gave, all the copies like three or four. no i give you 10
0: yeah they're all there shut up yeah yeah wow i got one of each
1: no way! You're so surprised. Well, you, Did someone do getting it. fired now? No, no, I no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I have them all. I, I selected, Senate and wow, no, I, this is more just like I don't think they're worth anything. But like spectacle one, I, I think we have 25 left. Oh wow! So like I would just put that one away if I. Was I'll, I'll take good care of it. Yeah, because I have like three at my house, and those are like the mint ones, and then I have one like hanging in a thing, and this is just my, you know, my right. stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we're gonna wind down, and you, uh, I mean, to get to get in touch with you, your your small Instagram is is your is what?
1: Uh, Garrett underscore GLCO, and GLCO is just Garrett Light California Optical. It's our acronym. Oh. Um. So at Garrett underscore GLCO, everybody in the company that's kind of been there a while is like Al- at Elena underscore GLCO. I'm oh, sure they all support of, the brand that way. I'm sure that's cool. A lot of guys that listen to this too, you should follow Elena. She's pretty cute. Yes. Yeah. Single Elena? No, married Not Elena. single. Not single. Just, Nobody's single. Nobody. It's not okay. My, but that's part of my strategy. I don't hire single people. Why not? I don't, that's <laughs> illegal. That is definitely illegal. <laughs> uh, no, we have single people, of course. Sure. Um, yeah, so that's my personal. And then the company Instagram is at Garrett Light. Um. Yeah. And Garrettlight. Well, I'm looking forward
0: to sharing this with everybody. I'm looking forward for them to go check out the zine. And you did. You said that if someone goes on yeah. the site, they can take advantage of.
1: Yeah. Go on the site, and uh, if you sign up for our newsletter, um, you actually get a 10 percent discount. But if you made it all the way through this podcast, and you're still listening to us babble, <laughs> we'll just. I'll do another 10 percent. He's so winging we'll, it here. We'll give you a 20 percent discount That's... and. The promo code, which has not been made up yet, but I'll have to go back to the office and make it, will just be Garrett Golfs.
0: Garrett Golfs. G-A-R-R-E-T-T-G-O-L-F-S.
1: Yep. You can take 20% off your purchase.
0: That's legit, dude. Thank you. I think the uh, listeners will thank you because I do see a very valid reason in having nice eyewear.
1: Definitely. And I see... It lasts you forever if you don't lose it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let us know if you lose them, by the way. Um, Snowball, thanks you. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate your time, man.
1: She's sleeping so hard. He's out.
0: A lot of people think Snowball's a female, and you're not alone, so don't worry about it. He's out, dude. Um, All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the pod. Garrett, thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you soon, everybody. Take care.